Welcome to Short Course, episode 25 for July 27th, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. So last week I talked all about my actual experience, uh, as abbreviated as it was, with going to IPSC Nationals. And I realized that I didn't actually talk very much about what I thought of the match or really my thoughts around the match and sort of my motivations and in, in my interest in that match and in Ipsic in general, really. So I wanted to take this opportunity now with a little bit of distance from last week and cover some of those topics. I will say what sort of jogged these things loose in my mind was listening to Cody and Joel on the Shoot Fast podcast talking about Cody shooting the IPSC Nationals. And almost everything that I have to say here is separate from what they were talking about. It's just a different take on things. I don't think we really will overlap very much. Uh, but what they talked about and what they said, I, th- I thought was very interesting and is definitely worth a listen. If you are listening to this podcast and you're not listening to theirs, I would recommend it. So first off, one question that I've gotten recently and that I got last year is why why this match? Why IPSC Nationals? Because I definitely have a somewhat strange competition schedule. In particular, this year, I'm going to be shooting basically four major matches, two of them very close to home, the North Carolina and the South Carolina section, and I live in central North Carolina, so both of those are within four hours drive. Charleston was the the further of those two four hours drive. And then the other two big matches are really big matches. In this case, U.S. IPSC Nationals and U.S. USPSA Nationals. And the reason for that is mostly just around logistics and the fact that To me, I want to either shoot matches that are going to be a good test without a large investment of of time and money, or if I'm going to to shell out the money, I want to get the most, you know, the biggest bang for the buck. And so, you know, something like, for me, driving down to Florida in February when I haven't been training to go shoot a match like the Florida Open, I, I have to trade that off against the return on investment that I get from other matches. And so something like IPSC Nationals, really, you can think about it. It's not, it's really more like an area match than like a a Nationals in the sense of the size of the match, the level of competition, also the cost of the match, the length of the match, the number of days that it takes to shoot. But it has this weird attribute that because I, I, I think this is just a hunch, But I think because IPSC is just that little bit different, that the people who shoot that match are the people who are a little bit more motivated. The the bar to to enter is just that little bit higher to come shoot an IPSC match. And it's it's not a super high bar to get over, especially, well, okay, in production, if you have done some modifications that you cannot undo, that's that's a problem. But for most guys, if they shoot limited, they can change the magwell on their gun and get some different base pads and shoot standard. For open, I don't think the main problem there is just getting magazines that, that fit the slightly shorter gauge. 
standard and classic are pretty similar. So it's it's not it's not like it's a high bar, but it's just a little bit of a filter. And then the other aspect of it is just the stages. You you expect from a match like this that the stages are not necessarily going to be per se fun. They're probably not going to be run and gun, burn them down, hose them stages at a match like this, or there there shouldn't be, and there weren't because of the culture. And I, I mean, I personally am a fan of this style of match of having more technical stages, having less arrays of targets and more you know targets scattered around. Just the the overall Ipsic style, I am I am a fan of, and so. On the one hand, I want to support it, but on the other hand, it's sort of my one chance every year to shoot what I think is closer to the style that is, in my opinion, more fun and rewarding. I'm not saying it's the best, but I'm saying it's what I like and what I find rewarding and interesting. And so the opportunity to shoot that versus something like Area 6, which was also in Florida this year, I had I actually made exactly that choice. Originally, I was planning to shoot Area 6, IPSC Nationals, and U.S. Nationals, and logistically, it just wasn't going to work out, and I had to pick the two that I wanted to shoot, and the choice was pretty obvious. Looking back on it in retrospect, performance at, at the matches held you know, outside the discussion. Just looking at, at the way the two matches went, I, I would not change that decision. Uh, I think the stages at IPSC Nationals were more interesting. I think as a match, it brought out a different kind of competitor. And that's interesting to me. That's fun. I will say also one thing that is nice is the IPSC culture. Again, the, the rule in the rule book is written the same way that you are not allowed to walk on the bays without match official approval, something like that. The U.S. and the IPSC rules are the same. They just flip the cultural default. So in the U.S., if no range official is there and the range isn't closed as a whole, you're deemed by default to be allowed to walk on the stage, where IPSC takes the opposite approach. They say you are not allowed to walk as a default answer, and you shouldn't ask because you will also be told no. The advantage of that, that is often sold, is that you don't have to... It makes traveling to matches easier because you don't have to spend an extra day and get to the match a day early. And in my particular case, that's exactly what I ended up doing for this match. I was... The the plan, the itinerary for me at U.S. Ipsic Nationals this year was I flew down to Frostproof... Friday night, got my rental car, got my hotel, stayed near the range Friday night, drove to the range Saturday morning. As it happened, the way the scheduling worked out, I had a few hours to walk around and see the morning shift shoot stages. But honestly, from a practical standpoint, I don't think that I really derived a huge amount of value from that. I ended up shooting about 100 rounds on the practice bay, just checking the zero on both of my guns, which I think probably was much more helpful to my overall performance, just building that confidence. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, 
I'm still a little nervous about flying with the guns with adjustable rear sights. Nothing went wrong. They were zeroed exactly the way they they should have been. But it was it was reassuring to me just to be able to to go shoot them and zero them. That having that in the morning was much more of a competitive advantage to me than being able to walk and see the other competitors shooting the stages. That said, that is because, for the most part, the flavor of the stages is much more straightforward. Because of the breakdown in IPSC of the stages, there are so many more short stages, and the short stages in general, there there just aren't that many different ways to shoot them, and there really isn't that much to look at. That said, I also think it is an interesting challenge to be put on the spot to deliver a stage plan to, you know, having seen the stage from afar, but only getting to walk up onto the bays and look at the stage for a short period of time. I think it is an interesting challenge to be able to come up with a stage plan and execute it quickly. That said, I think the trend of going to shorter walkthroughs. I'm not sure what the international standard for IPSC is, but I know there have been matches in the U.S. that have been going to shorter walkthroughs. They'll give you three or four minutes instead of the full five. To my mind, those extra few minutes give the competitor a huge amount of advantage, and it saves you relatively little time compared to things like people taking 30 seconds a minute to make ready having an extra 60 or 120 seconds to walk through a stage when everybody is walking through the stage it seems like a a small cost to the match in the in the overall stage flow but it seems like it would be since all the competitors are getting to look at the same time it seems like a good return on investment where having a policy like IPSC where you're expected to load and make ready pretty quickly. None of this, pull the gun out, dry fire it seven times, take 30 sight pictures, just load it, put it back in the holster and be ready to go. I think that saves more time in a realistic sense than having shorter walkthroughs. But that's my uninformed opinion as someone who has not run a a match. But from that standpoint of not being able to walk the stages beforehand... That worked out for me. I did not feel like I was at a handicap because I had flown in the night before. And the way that the the whole weekend was set up, I was due to fly in Friday night and fly back out Sunday night, stay two nights in the hotel, and be able to shoot a 16-stage national championship at a range that by car would be 10 or 11 hours from home, do that without taking a single vacation day. And... If we're being realistic, if if I was allowed to walk the stages the day before, I probably would have taken that extra vacation day just to feel as prepared as I possibly could be. And so in this particular scenario, not having to take that did save me a vacation day. And and that's not nothing. Now, is that is that worth rejiggering the whole sport? No, I'm not saying that. But that is one thing that I liked about this match when I was looking at all the matches on the calendar and picking which matches I wanted to shoot, that was an appealing aspect of this one. Something else that I think is interesting about this match, and about IPSC matches and stages in general, 
that might not necessarily be obvious when you first look at it is that numerically the short stages end up counting in the final tally almost exactly as many match points as the long stages. So they, if you think about it in these terms, if you have, according to the IPSC 3-2-1 rule, if you have three short 12-round stages, that's a total of 36 rounds or 180 match points, and you have one 32-round long course, that's 32 rounds or 160 match points, they roughly balance each other out. And actually, numerically, the medium courses end up taking a slightly larger statistical share of the overall points. So the match sort of evenly weights the short courses and the long courses against each other, and there's a slight edge to being able to perform in that middle range. So, for example, looking at the numbers from the IPSC Nationals that was two weeks ago, uh, you so I, I fudged the numbers a little bit because there were only two stages that were actually more than 24 rounds. But if you count one of the 24-round stages as a long course, you end up with eight short courses, five medium courses, and three long courses. The short courses are 29% of the available points. The long courses are 32.32% of the available points. And the medium courses were 38% of the available points. I'm rounding the numbers from my spreadsheet. So if those add up to more or less than 100, you get the idea. So essentially, shorts and longs are about 30% each, and the mediums end up being about 40% each. That's actually pretty interesting to me, because I think that that shows that it's a different picture than you might get when you at first hear that half of the stages in an IPSE match are short stages. I think my first impression when I heard that was, oh, that sport values classifier skills more than field course skills. And that's when you look at the way that match points are divvied up, that turns out to not really be true. It's not either that are really rewarded more than the other. And so that breakdown was something that was kind of surprising to me when I dug into the numbers. But I think actually makes for a good match that represents the the three categories of stages well in the final result. If you can stand and blast, but you move like a snail, then you're going to lose those 30% of the points from the long courses. If you can run like a maniac, but you can't hold it together for a short technical 18 point or 18 round medium course, something like that, then, then you'll get burned there. But I think what I'm saying here is it's the, the three to one distribution actually ends up being a lot more equitable than it sounds once you weight each of those by the match points that each type of stage is worth. And so it ends up basically being sort of, you could think of it like a triathlon type event where each one, the shorts, the mediums, and the longs end up sort of equally or almost equally playing into your score. And I think that gives you a better representation of overall shooting ability. I I don't necessarily think that having a match that's all 28 to 32 round stages necessarily does that. That tests a certain type of skill. And it's a skill that we like shooting. It's a fun skill. Running around and blasting and shooting a lot and having high hit factors is fun. Like, don't, don't get me wrong there. 
But in terms of having a place to differentiate yourself and to make up ground, I think the the more balanced ratios, I think it does a good job of accomplishing that goal. If that's not your goal, then it's not the tool for the job that you're interested in. But I think that that is a good tool for that job. And finally, I just wanted to talk about one thing that I've heard before, and I think don't you know, don't quote me on this, but I think Cody mentioned this when he was talking about the match on his podcast, that the idea that in IPSC, the problem, air quotes, problem with production being 15 rounds allowed in their mags is that it makes it too close to standard, which is their version of limited. And this is because their version of limited, which they call standard, is more restricted, shall we say, in a couple of ways. One is the gun has to fit the box. So this makes it so giant magwells are out, giant thumb rests are out, six inch barrel guns are out, and your magazines, your your gun has to fit the box with an empty magazine inserted. And so they end up going to shorter magazines that I think are roughly 127 millimeters with this odd wedge-shaped base pad that makes it a little bit harder to insert into the magwell just because you have to seat it a little bit deeper because, you know, just the shape of it, it, there's less protruding out. The upshot of that is that standard in IPSE only gets, I believe, about 18 rounds in those shorter magazines. Also, in standard, your gear has to be behind the your hip bones, like in production in the U.S. And in IPSC production, you can have a magnet on your belt, which is something that usually in the U.S. distinguishes limited from production. And so these two things make it so that the limited shooter and the production shooter are more similar, or standard in production, are more similar in I- IPSC than they are in USPSA. That said, I don't to me, even, like, let me put it this way. The things that I like about production are not addressed by the standard rules. Like, the, the, the magazine capacity limit in production is not particularly interesting to me in the sense that I like reloading a lot. The magazine capacity restriction is interesting insofar as it creates a relatively low cost to invest in magazines. And there's not really any incentive in playing the how light and small of a follower can we get in the mag and how light of a mag spring can we use. Like I, I do not brush my magazines out with any regularity. If I am loading, so I, I do unload the magazines. I, I unload all the rounds that are in the mag if it's hit the ground after a stage. And then I, when I load it back up with 10, if I feel like it's a little gritty, then I might unload it again and like blow it out and then load it up. Unless I'm really feeling some grit, I don't brush my mags because I don't have to. I can trust that they're going to work because they're not being loaded particularly full. They're 17 round mags. So even when I was loading them to 15, I wasn't too worried about, you know, spring compression and all that. And they got a, they have a pretty stiff spring in them because I don't need to jam as many rounds as possible in there. And so not having to brush my magazines, I like. Also, just the cost of the guns. A 
even a gun in standard, you're still looking at base 2000 bucks for some kind of double stack 2011. And to me, the fact that I've got two 10 folios that together cost about two grand, and that's pretty much top of the line in the sport, and I don't have to chase any gizmos or gadgets. I just, the gun is what it is. I'm on the competitive playing field, and it just comes down to lining the sights up and pulling the trigger. That's that's what's interesting to me. And then just the cost. Just browsing over to the, the Blue Bullets website, they charge roughly nine to nine and a half cents a round for 40, which is, I assume, probably the best deal that you can get for good quality coated bullets in, in 40 cal. I shoot them in 9mm, and the mi- sort of mid-weight 135-grain 9mm bullet that I shoot of theirs is $0.07 cents a round. So what's the difference between $0.07 cents a round and 9.5 cents a round? I mean, it is it is 33%. And so at that point, my cost per round loaded would go from $0.10 or $0.11 cents up to you know 13 or $0.14. Cents. That's not trivial. Now, you know, is that a big deal when you factor in all the other costs and rental cars and hotel rooms and planes to fly to matches and and all that? Maybe not. But when I think about would I, like, what would I get for signing up to make my practice that much more expensive? At this point, that, like, that's not enough to sway me. And so, maybe I'm just looking at it backwards because as somebody who doesn't shoot limited and isn't super interested in it, whether or not the rules in standard make it more like limited, it's or make it more like production. To me, it's still not tempting. So I'm not sure that, that, that that's a problem. So I, I, I guess what I'm saying is whether it's 18 rounds or 22 rounds, whether the magazine position is front of the hips or back of the hips or whatever limited is the division for people who really want to tinker on their guns they don't mind spending a little bit more money and they want to get major power factor and in both sports production is for the people who within reason are looking to not spend any more money than they have to and enjoy the challenge of aiming more and suffering if you want to call it that under minor power factor and those things are interesting to me and i i don't see that that changing those minor elements about where the gear can be on your belt and the, the size of the magazine. I, I, I guess I, I don't understand the argument. I'm not saying it, I'm not trying to say that it's wrong or refute it. It's just, it doesn't really resonate with me. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. You can follow me on Facebook at Benberry Shooting and Instagram at BSBerry. I post video of all my matches at youtube.com slash USPSA. You can email me at podcast at berryshooting.com. Talk to you next time.